And I'm your host, Martin Page, and this is a outtake show. Uh, yes, never done this before, but a long time ago, at the beginning of these series, I had my first guest, which was Trevor Thornton, the incredibly brilliant uh, drummer. Uh, the drummer for Asia with Steve Howe, the drummer with uh, me, Q Phil, and all my solo stuff, even on In the House of Stone and Light. His biography goes on and, and goes on and goes on, and if you want to check out and listen to episode four, you'll hear what he's done and look on the internet. Uh, he was even involved in the first Def Leopard huge album of all time uh trevor has some incredible stories and you're going to hear some more of those uh today uh yes uh we spent a long time talking for ages on that first show and i just listened to some of the outtakes and they're quite brilliant and i think quite informative and interesting so i thought this would be fun to do a uh, radio owls nest special trevor thornton in parenthesis the incredible live drummer outtake show uh we're also going to play some really really uh, rare unheard tracks uh, that even uh, i think uh, did surprise trevor when he knew that i had them so you're also going to hear some very very interesting music from the past and from the future that trevor played on uh, that must be him again Oh, and it's the opening the Owl's Nest uh, vaults here. Couldn't resist that, but... uh, So, without further ado, um, I'm going to let you know where we come in here. We were talking about the Q-Fill record and the great engineer, Nigel Green, that recorded the Q-Fill record, also the Def Leppard record. So, join us um, at this point. And and actually, Nigel was saying to me, again, I keep on mentioning Nigel, Nigel Green, the Q-Fill and and Def Leppard record uh, uh, engineer, and uh, hopefully he's going to come and see us soon and if, I, if he comes into town I'll interview him as well and he'll deny everything that we've ever said oh of course it's all lies all yeah. lies Nigel but, Mono Green that's right well it's another story isn't it he, <laughs> he, he jokes about that Nigel mixed our album the Q-Phil record <laughs> Uh, uh, Mike Shipley did Dancing in Heaven and then Nigel had to finish off the rest of the record and I kept on saying but where's the left and right why is everything in the middle and he said it is it's pan but everything has to be close and everything so even to this day he says to me hey it's Mono Nige here (laughs) that sounded like the beginning of a a Peter Gable record didn't it hey we're back in town big time but uh, yeah so um, we gave everyone names we gave everybody names Matt to the Baker's Wallace that's right uh, yeah I mean we had I mean, if anything what we did find and we still find it as you probably tell we laughed our asses off and Q-Phil had a lot of time lot, we were very, very serious but we did giggle a lot in the studio and in fact this is another story we can bring up is that uh, I'll let Trevor tell, tell you this because Nigel reminds me of this um, we were on the same label as the infamous flock of seagulls you know oh. Iran now we, they were in the night before us and Q-Phil came in the second night and um I was always... What happened there, Trev? Well, uh, we thought their name was quite funny. We thought their music was quite funny. Not mm. to mention the guy's haircut. <laughs> but yeah, that was New Wave and all that kind yeah. of thing. So, Flock of Seagulls, we renamed them A Bucket of Lemmings. <laughs> <laughs> and I, being the idiot I was, wrote it with a felt-tip pen. <laughs> Put it on a great big placard and stuck it on the wall for them to see when they came in in the morning. Yeah, they had no sense of humour. They didn't, because I thought, well, that's really funny. They're going to walk through the door and go, we, we wrote, flock of seagulls? No, bucket of lemmings. lemmings. And I, <laughs> the engineer told me they were not at all happy with it. No, no and sense of humour. Later on, another uh, I went on a coach trip with them for some reason, and they were on the bus, and they, they, they gave me the evil eye. Oh. They knew. Somebody had told them that I was the one who wrote, but I think Bucket of Lemmings is a bloody good name. If I had a photograph of you. 
We shouldn't be doing this in our late ages. I mean, if Flock of Seagulls hear this, they're going to say, why didn't we use Bucket of Lemmings? It's quite yeah, good. it's a know? great name. Hey, um, one thing I, 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 we brought up, brought up a little bit earlier there. We said Ringo, and the room went very quiet. There was like, Ringo, very quiet. And I've asked Trevor this as he's been working all, on all of my songs, I say, so what do you think about, you know, the Rolling Stones drummer, and what do you think about Ringo? And I was expecting a certain answer, but I didn't get the answer I expected. So I'm going to try again. What about Ringo's drumming, Trev? Um, I was not a big Ringo fan. Um, in actual fact, though, his son, Zach, is a very good drummer. And he's playing with the Who, right? That's right. He, mm. I mean, doing a great job. But uh, Ringo, for me, didn't really do it for me. I mean, although having said that, in all fairness, I think what he played, um, when he played, yeah. uh, was fine for what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he was he was lucky... Just like uh, Charlie Watts for the Rolling Stones. But, but you prefer, I remember in the car when we were going to a session, you said you preferred Charlie Watts as playing, right? Yeah, I mean, well, Charlie Pot- Watts put together on the side, he put like a big band together because he loves big band music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he can read a bit and he's got some chops mm. and he can do that stuff. He can pull it off. You're sounding like an elitist here, though. No, no, yeah. not at all. Oh, okay, okay. No, no. But I, I, I prefer musicians that are really, really good at their trade. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you Why know, why and, are and, you working with me? Well, you know, <clears throat> friendship. I think you're a worthy cause. <laughs> <laughs> Just friendship, Paisy. I, you, wanna, you I don't want to well. disappoint you. Yeah. You, you you're make, a nice lad. You make good tea, and the biscuits are very yummy. And I live near you, so it's easy. <laughs> well, it's, you know? Yeah, it's very convenient. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Ringo, now yeah. I think, um, didn't you think that he didn't play on a lot of the Beatles records? Um, oh, you're suspicious of it, right? That's right. Um, well, blasphemy. The producer, George uh, Martin, Yes, uh, he was doing a book tour and uh, a, a good, very good friend of mine who was working for the publishing company, it was her job to take him around and take him to the various um, si- book signings gotcha. and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And um, but it was kind of a, a hush-hush, you know, like keep it quiet type thing mm-hmm. because everyone just assumed, oh, he, he was one of the Beatles, he played on everything. Mm-hmm. Well... Uh, so one day she asked George Martin to mm. his face, did you use Ringo Starr? Did he play on everything? And he told her, no, I never used Ringo. Never? Never used Ringo. That's hard to believe. Right. Yeah, no, it's hard to believe. And I'm going to, here's another scoop for you. Okay. okay. Hang on a minute. Owl's Nest, Radio Owl's Nest, scoop two from Trevor Thornton. The drummer who played on a lot of the Beatles stuff was Kenny Clare. I've never heard of him. It was a very famous jazz drummer. Ken- Kenny Clare? Yes. Kenny Clare. Uh, it sounds like he's Scottish or something, or Irish. No, no, Clare? no, no. He no. was a London boy. And S- a he, session player? Yeah, he, he, was, he was a session player, played with the BBC and did a bunch of stuff. Oh, okay. And he was a great jazz drummer. But, you know, like that drum roll at the beginning of um, uh, All We Need Is Love. It's yeah, on, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. That's not Ringo Starr. That that I you know you might you I think you got some of this. It's like a military kind of yeah. You know yeah 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 yeah. yeah. I know I know Paul McCartney still says he's one of the best rock drummers um, alive, and I know that a lot of people I have think, worked. Well, I think Paul McCartney is actually a better drummer than Ringo. Well, Paul did play on a lot of tracks, right, right back in right. the USSR. Uh, yep, yep. And he, I think a lot in Sar- maybe Sergeant Pepper he was involved in. I mean, yeah. Paul is and, a bit of an all-rounder. And I think you'll yep. find. That Paul McCartney never actually used uh, Ringo Starr on any of his, you know, personal albums. Solo records. Solo records. I think I think you're right. I think he might have, in the last few years, invited him to do something. But, but you could well be be right, Trevor. And the fact is, really, you know, it's another scoop. Scoop three on Radio Owls Nest. Trevor Thornton has never played on any of my material. Right. It's my gardener. But um, well, no, actually, what what it is was, I mean. I was your gardener. <laughs> that why you're wearing that hat. Yeah, yeah. And you got yeah. your spade there. And you That's book right. it. And you yeah. book it. Well, it's, it's a rate. And this bu- is a rate. And your bulbs. Right. Um, I was your gardener you're for several gardener. months. Oh, okay. And I used to put my face up against the window there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and tap rhythms. Ah. And then every now and again, you'd open the door and I'd say, look, I, I can I play drums on your music? Because I can hear you writing something. That's right, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you said, no, but you can... So then I became your house cleaner... Bloody hell. Yeah. I saw I was your gardener. It was you. Yeah, yeah so it was me all along. The yeah. house has yeah. never been cleaned. Well, it's all right, though. Don't worry. I mean, it, you know, 
Uh, there was a plan. The idea was to get wow. close enough to you. Gracious me. To like eventually convince My you God. that I could play drums on your music. So, I, you know, I'm, I feel like, and I, um, I know we've we just got tea here, right? Bring your tea over. Oh, let, oh let's let's show the well. Let's everybody no, here that we're going to go. No, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. And again. Oh. See, that is two cups of tea. That's, but what yeah. Trevor's just saying to me, that makes me feel like there's something in the tea or I'm on psychedelic drugs without knowing it. But, um, yeah, all these little stories are pretty fantastic. But, there's, uh, and I, you know, whether they're true or not, I, I just don't know. You know, if you believe they're true, send a postcard in and tell me, like, Trevor is true or Trevor is not true. I'd be very interested if you, if you believe that he was my gardener, was the cleaner in my house. You weren't anything else, were you? Uh, I'm not going to go into that at this time. Okay, yeah. But I actually did get much closer to you. <laughs> this, okay, okay. This is where Radio L just takes a huge dive. <laughs> well, I think maybe this episode has to go on about three o'clock in the morning or something. You know. Hey, hey, hey! I, I want to ask you here. The X-rated episode. <laughs> You think Trevor Thornton was just the drummer? Oh, no. Uh, well, this seems like a really good time to uh, break in and play some music. Um, and I found an incredibly rare recording, a rare demo, when really Trevor first joined with me and Brian Fairweather and just about the time we formed QPhil. We were doing demos in uh, Battery Studios for Zomba Publishing, Jive Records, um, in Wilston, London. And we recorded and written had written a song called magic eyes and this is a demo that trevor's playing on i don't think he's ever heard this uh maybe from just when he played on it but this is the 24 track demo we did uh, all the hiss and everything and it's the great chris thompson singing the demo for us he went on to sing with some incredible bands including manfred mann's earth band and this song was eventually recorded by uh tight fit on jive records um anyway this is uh brian fairweather playing all the guitars and me playing the bass and Brian and me doing background vocals and Chris uh, Richardson, who was a uh, keyboard player for Qfield, doing the keys. And um, this is really rare. Trevor Thornton, uh, one of his first recordings with uh, me. <laughs> Just right. Well, this could be heaven. 
Wow, <laughs> probably the first recording that Trevor did in the studio with me and uh, Brian Fairweather, uh, a song called Magic Eyes, and that's the great Chris Thompson singing for us, um, sang that just in one evening, uh, we, we uh, booked him to do the demo, and of course he went on to sing Blinded by the Light, yes you can hear that tone can't you, that's a frenetic uh, <laughs> track isn't it, we're going like 100 miles an hour, and I apologise for all the artefacts of analogue recording, there's a lot of uh, dropouts and left to right and moving and vanishing in your headphones, but that's analogue from those days and uh, and that's probably Nigel Green uh, the engineer we were talking about Mono Nudge right from the beginning because uh, I think he was um, before he worked with Def Leppard and Mutt Lang and all the great stuff he was helping us with our demos and that is Trevor Thornton uh, making all the noise on the drums uh, so let's get back to the outtakes and uh, we're, we're talking about that era uh, when we were playing together at Jive Records and at Zomba Publishing and all the things that were happening around this time. Now, this is an interesting story because back in those days, Q-Field days, uh, Battery Studios, all that stuff, you can tell that that was all going on around, I suppose, early 80s. Q-Field was making a record. Trevor was helping Def Leppard. And then Brian Fairweather and myself got uh, roped in to trying to write some songs for Reckless Eric. Now, Reckless Eric was a huge punk star at that time on Stiff Records, but he couldn't um, buy a hit for himself. So they, they suddenly roped us in, me and Brian, which really we're not punkers and we're not but but we got on with reckless um we we wrote six songs together really good songs and if i can i'm going to try and let you hear some of these demos that um we did back then again in the house but they turned out really good and then we had the stiff record said these are great demos go into the studio in battery studios and make this record and so i thought we we found a reckless brought his own guitarist it's me and brian i'm playing bass and a bit of keyboards and i said we've got the drummer it's trevor and he went great let's bring trevor in now we so we went mike shipley again the great engineer for def leppard and all these great records where we go to the big 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 studio to make reckless eric's album and um i think trev wasn't it bob Andrews, Andrews was a keyboard player in a very famous band, Graham Parker and the Rumor, he, and he, they were on Stiff Records, so he was hired to be the producer. So what you used to do in those days, and Trevor can elaborate on this, is you'd go into the studio, set your bass amp up, set your drums up, and get roped off and get all the sounds right. Get get, But you spent a lot of time on getting sounds. Now, you, bass player, yeah, I mean, who's going to hear what he's playing? So that's pretty easy. Guitars, a bit more hard time. Drums in those days, right, Trev? Drums, live drums at the beginning of the 80s on an, on an album, say. You know, now, nowadays we're on Pro Tools, drum machines and everybody. But in those days, it was different when a drummer came to make a record. The first, wasn't the first like whole day was getting sounds. Oh, it could easily be a day more than a day. And on that particular <sighs> occasion, that is, I got to be honest, that was one of the very, very few occasions I was very frustrated and Bob Andrews brought me to tears. <laughs> well, you actually... Well, yeah. I, I went in there and you've got to bear in mind, we were working with Mike Shipley, who was one of the best drum guys there is. Uh, and still remains sounds. that way. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. And um, so we set up... Now, I took my initial kit down there, which I think back in those days was a, a sonar kit. Mm. And... Uh, we set it up and we got the sounds. There's a and certain it, place in a room that they put you, right? With yeah, drums. They, 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 they always they had a sweet be. spot yeah, in yeah. the studio where this is where the drums sound best. Yep. And so off you go. I mean, you know, the, you set up, the engineer will take like 20, 30 minutes putting mics around and then it'll start getting sounds, right? Your snare, dank, 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 dank. And all right, okay, kick, kick, blah, 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 blah. And then, so then you'd like play a little bit of the whole kit. And then uh, once the engineer, in this case Mike Shipley, got the sounds, he'd uh, look at Bob, the uh, producer. Who, if I remember rightly, he was just laying back reading a paper. uh, His head was behind a newspaper, (laughs) yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, and every now and again he'd disappear to the bathroom, wouldn't he? He would, and he'd come back a a little bit of a brighter spirit. Yes, he was a little, he was reading faster. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And um, (laughs) the pages seemed to rustle quite a lot (laughs) more. Uh, and, and he'd look at uh, the corner of the newspaper would go down. He said, "No, nah, no, nah, I don't really like that." Yeah. And, and then, like 
Mike, what, well, what is it? He said, nah, that's, nah, it's not really working. Hey, so they say to a drummer, they'd say, play the snare, bang, 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 play yeah, the kick. Yeah. Play, and, then, and then the engineer would get the sound on it. And, of course, the producer, for all you out there that don't know how this goes, the producer has said, oh, I quite like that sound. That's good. Let's move on. Right. Right. That, well, that's normally how it worked. And it's like, you know, it's not like this was my first session. No. And, and so it was just very... And Bob Andrews could not have been more vague. That's it, it was like nah. Like, well, <laughs> what, well, what is it? Is it what's the nah? It's done like nah. And then well, I, what do you I, want me to do? Nah. Newspa- nah. nah. And so I I went and got another drum kit. That, I, that, I, had that I, ca- I was on the session, so I can't. Me- I just remember picking my nose and keeping going to the piano while poor Trevor was just. Ca- and I think your hands were fucking bleeding. Oh, they? I, I don't know about. I can't remember but, that. But part. you were banging. It, we, it, we all got bored. We got like, it was just the pure frustration of like, yeah. what is it you want? So we tr- we ended up trying three drum kits. And we never got more than a kind of, nah, it's nice, it's nice. <laughs> I mean, we hadn't even started playing the backing and tracks. This it was, was all day, wasn't it? I, I, it was all day. And at the end of the day, mm-hmm. he, he took a break and I went into the control room and I started crying to Mike. I saying, can understand I don't that. know what to do. Yeah, what does he want? Yeah, and yeah. he said, look, you know, it's okay. So, we, you know, and for, from that day on, um, I always think of Mike Shipley as Mike Next Shipley. That's interesting because it was like next to the next Tom to the next drum, keep right, moving right. around. And then, you know, we, we'd, I'd go through the kit and then, you know, you'd see the newspaper through the glass go down and then <laughs> over the talk back, Mike would say, next. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, on a... And usually on a good session, when an engineer says next, that means that the, it, it's pretty good. You know, you move into the next sound. But then you look at the producer, the engineer has to look at the producer and say, are you happy? And you get, nah. Uh, well, what do you want to do? Uh, go to the toilet. I need to go to the toilet yeah, for 20 minutes. That's, uh, yeah, I remember yeah. that. I, unfortunately, on that album, maybe fortunately for Trevor, the whole album fell to bits because Reckless Eric uh, did a runner. He didn't actually come in. We had great songs, but he just didn't want to turn up in a big plush studio. So that album was abandoned, although I have a secret album of all six tracks, and maybe I will play them to you. Um, that's, that's called that, that's called being put on the shelf, isn't it? Yeah, you know, he, he left Stiff Records then. Actually, in the in the story of Stiff Records, the history, me and Brian are in the history in it, when they're talking about Reckless Eric. Okay, We're, because cool. we were called Fairweather Page. We thought we thought we were two songwriters like Bugatti and Musker, like Lennon and McCartney. And we had, we were stupid enough or wonderfully enough, we had two jackets made with our names on the back that said Fairweather Page. Lovely. And um, when Stiff Records asked us to come in to talk about working with Reckless, we turned up with those jackets on like a pair, you know, and we had. Two briefcases. We actually <laughs> carried around our cassettes and our briefcases. And I remember. Now we all. You all have to remember that Stiff Records was known for like Temple Tudor and Lena Lovitch and this outside punk music. And we, Brian and I, were very American influenced. We just wrote. Pop, we wrote what we thought was great pop songs, and we were, I would say, concentrating on musicality. And as soon as the head of Stiff Records saw us come in with the briefcases, he said, "Drop them, <laughs> drop them." <laughs> I thought, not my trousers. No, drop the briefcases. And uh, Reckless is not going to like that. And we know that Reckless liked a, a drink or two. And they were warning us, like, the more unprofessional you can be, the more loose you can be, Reckless is going to get on with you. You know, uh, and he did. He really, he, he was great with us. And the demos did turn out re- really were quite wonderful. Well, this seems like another good time to break in and play a, a song that... Uh, Yes, has never been played, and probably again, Trevor goes, where the hell did you get that? But this is around this era we're talking about. Uh, Q-Phil were just forming my my first band with Brian, with Trevor, and with Chris Richardson. We were just about to do uh, Dancing in Heaven, but before we did Dancing in Heaven, we did a song called Doctor on the Radio as a single, and the B-side was a song called Red Light Zone. And um, I've got the board uh, mix of Red Light Zone that went onto the Q-Fill record as we were working the track up, as we were developing it, um, learning it. And this is really, I have to say the word again, really rare from the... Yes, from the creaky old vaults. Um, you'll notice that there's timbales on this, and Trevor's playing that. My God, I didn't even realise we were working up timbales. It's a reggae track. Brian started it, and then I sort of got involved and helped him finish it. And a beautiful, beautiful playing of Chris Richardson, uh, the late Chris Richardson. We miss him, and he was playing fantastic uh, uh, Moog synthesizer and uh, some beautiful uh, jazz piano. Um, we didn't use it eventually, all of that stuff 
on the record but we let him go on and do his thing and it's nice to hear that so anyway this is us working up a song called red light zone and just listen to uh, trevor's great interpretation of reggae and you can even hear trevor's counting on the sticks
I had to let that go to the end because uh, the great piano playing of um, Chris Richardson. Um, and that's Brian singing the lead vocal. And that, uh, that track was just us rehearsing it and building it up. And it, that wasn't the version that went on to the album. And uh, great to find it. We call it uh, board mixes. You know, at the end of uh, working something up, at the end of the day, you push up all the faders and you make a rough for yourself. And that's Trevor doing all that wonderful um, reggae plan. So it's time. Time to get back to the Two Falls, and we're going to join the Two Falls um, uh, in a very interesting question that I thought about. And um, uh, I think you'll find the answer quite um, revolting and interesting at the same time. Um, I want to ask Trevor this, because this is something I wrote down um, yesterday thinking. What's the most embarrassing moment you've had as a drummer? Um, (laughs) I had to think about this one. Um, in mid-gig, uh, falling off my seat. Now, Phil Collins has done that, but he was inebriated, I heard. Uh, well, yeah. so was I. Ah, yeah. this is what happens to drummers. Yeah, it, it was funny because the rest of the band said they turned round because all of a sudden the, the drum there. stopped and all they saw was my feet in the air. <laughs> and it was apparently it was quite funny, you know. Yeah. Oh, my God. That I mean, tell me about this. You, you fell off, but did you get quickly back up? Well, no, I was, or did you I just was, scramble I was on, the floor? on my back laughing, laughing hysterically, just thinking it was the funniest thing in the world. Now, was this a big gig? <laughs> well, I mean, there was probably a couple of thousand people in the audience. Yeah. Wow, my it, God. It wasn't a little gig. Yeah, it was quite big. Did, yeah. did, the, did the audience know that you'd um, collapsed in a heap? Well, no, I mean, but, you know, the band just keep going. The thing is, there were sequences. I was, I was playing to a click and there were sequences going on. Mm. So it's not like it was... Oh, compl- okay. Yeah. Turn up the drum machine. Right. Turn up the sequence. Yeah. Our drummer has fallen off. He's pissed out of his right. head again. So it was just like I, I pulled myself together again and um, I got back on the kit and, and started going. <laughs> That's a fantastic story. This leads me to something. Well, you finish us off because this I, is pretty I, I've good. just got one other yeah, embarrassing yeah. story, which... Oh, I, you've got I another have, one. I have to My share. God. Oh, wait, now I've got a whole book of embarrassing stories. Wow. But, but this is We're a highlight. We're going to have to do two or three shows. Highlight. Um, when when uh, I moved to London, I, I was invited to do a thing called pantomime. Hmm. Okay, now I'm not sure if everyone knows what the pantomime is. It's like a, a small musical that's put on for kids at like, a theatre. Like a theatre play. Kind yeah. Of thing, yeah, and it's usually some kind of nursery rhyme theme. And um, and then they have a band in the pit, like a small orchestra, and the actors and actresses, there's dancers and all the rest of it. And there was a very famous actor. They usually have two or three cast in yeah, there yeah, that yeah. are famous. And there was a guy in, like, it was a hard man cop called Patrick Mower. Ah. Do you remember Patrick? I, I vaguely do. Yeah. Right. He yeah, was, yeah. like, in one of these cop shows. Anyway, mm-hmm. he was cast as the uh, the guy in the show and he had to sing this song love is in the air every time i look around you've never forgotten that have you right and the night before i'd been out and i'd had a skin full (laughs) which means a belly full of alcohol alcohol and that morning i had a big greasy breakfast oh my god i know where this is going okay Mm. and Mm. this particular day <clears throat> this is the big ballad, his big number. <laughs> the emotional moment. Right. Oh. And, and so Patrick Moa sprawling on the piano. Nice chord. Love, Love is, is in the air. <laughs> and then all you heard from the, the pit in the in the pit, right, was <laughs> Put echo on that. Right. And, and and I just covered my snare drum in throw up. <laughs> and then in my headphones was click moment. click click click. <laughs> And I had this big drum fill. Boom, ba dum dum Oh, no. No, it, no, it was, no, no, no. Yeah, it was disgusting. No, you didn't play your vomit over people. Oh. A little, or, or very colourful vomit, The I'm conductor, sure. it was so Was funny. it the last time you played there? Well, no, 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 no. We had, we had several shows to do the My rest of the God, week. that's embarrassing. That, that is probably the highlight embarrassment moment of my that life. That is heavy because, you know, you've got kids there and everything, you know. <laughs> And, 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 you know, what, what What was in the food that you ate? What, what was spinning oh, out? Peas? Well, it was bits. lots of vegetables. Oh. Yeah, lots of vegetables. But i got to say, the snare drum actually sounded pretty good. <laughs> Floppy. <laughs> the, it, it had that kind of wet paper bag sound to it. You Lovely. Know? I, lo- I love that track. Can I, I, have to, I have to take a break here because I don't feel too well. Um, <laughs> You're looking a little green, actually. A little, little pale. Man, I don't think there's anything more embarrassing than your vomit being played on a <clears> snare drum and going... Now, did anybody scream from the crowd, the drummer's ill? No, because they didn't know because we were in a pit. 
A pit. But now, the, now, explain what a pit is. Okay, well, it, it's basically the hole under the stage where they put the orchestra. And so we are... Where they bel- should be. Yeah, yeah, right. And so the audience don't actually see us, but they can hear us. Ah. So they didn't see it, but oh. the rest of the orchestra right. most definitely did. I expect some of the vomit flew up into the headlights. Well, the crowd, uh, you, you know, know, I mean... The, they probably all thought it was fireworks. You yeah, know? That's yeah. pretty fantastic, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, And I, I, I can't imagine how... I, I'd imagine if you've got a skin full and a belly full of alcohol, you can go through something like that and then come back and go like, oh, well, let's keep going. Yeah. You know what I mean? You tend to, And then everybody goes like, well, he's had about one bad night. This leads me to... I mean, tr- I know that uh, Phil Collins, we know he's had his battles and everything with all that stuff as he um, fell off his drum kit playing for Genesis. I think they were playing something really com- complicated in 12-8 and so nobody really noticed. It was like <laughs> <laughs> right, it's okay, right, the crowd. Right. Disgusting, yeah. disgusting. It's time to get back to uh, music and this is a brand new track uh, that I'm working on with Trevor. It's not finished at all. No middle eight and I'm just scatting uh, but um, it's in the James Brown, uh, Fred Wesley and the JB's kind of vibe and it's just me on guitar and bass and Trevor playing uh, vintage drums. Uh, I said to Trev, you know, how can we get this sound? How can we really do what was happening back then? Because this is a funk track. And he said, I'm just going to use four mics. Uh, that was going to be it. Maybe two mics. I think it possibly was two mics. I might be wrong, uh, but I think he said it's uh, four or two. No, three. It's three. I can remember now. And usually we use between 11 to 16 microphones, uh, 16 tracks. And uh, I remember Trevor saying, we're just going to use three tracks for this, like they used to do back in the Motown days. And he told me he got up in his uh, pyjamas, I think, late at night, went downstairs and played this track. Probably, yeah, it was three three mics. That's what they used to do in the, in the old days. And Trevor's got his own studio at his house, so that's what he did. And uh, this is the groove. Um, still... Uh, just forming this song but I think you should hear the pulse of this new track called Heat It Up Cooking My Soul Turn the ball. Hey, 
snare there vintage snare from uh, Trevor Thornton that's a rough uh, brand new song called uh, Heat It Up Cooking My Soul Get In The Kitchen Girl um, and uh, great fun to do I think we've got to put horns on it um, and I think I'm looking forward to diving into it and flushing it out down the line that was a brand new uh, track and, and getting back now to the lads uh, this is the outtakes with uh, the great drummer Trevor Thornton and believe it or not we are still still talking about boozing and alcohol but when you play drums, um, I know when I was in, even the Charlie Mullen days, the early days, didn't we? We always, you go, before you go on stage, you get a pint of beer, you get two pints of beer. Um, I used to always think to myself, I can't have more than two pints of beer because if the music is complicated, I'm going to struggle here. Now, for, for you in drums or through your career, ha- have you ever thought like, now, you know, I can't take, this is too complicated, I can't drink before we play or whatever. What's your thought on all that? Well, if I'm reading, if I'm like sight reading or doing a gig where th- there is a lot of attention required, you just have two uh, whiskeys. No, 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 no alcohol at all. I'm, I gave it 110 percent concentration. Yeah, but now because imagine if you're reading music and you and you're seeing double. Right, yeah, well, that's it. If you're <laughs> chasing the notes around the page, <laughs> it's it's bad. Been yeah. doing triplets. Yeah. <laughs> I saw three there. Yeah. I saw three. Yeah, yeah. You're you're, you're a bit overplaying, man. No, I could see <laughs> no, all these notes like on that. the page, man. Yeah. <laughs> But if you so there on, is a limit. Right. A, you knew when you knew when to be disciplined. Right, right. right. Um, but if you're on the road with a band and you're playing the same set pretty much every night on yeah. tour, and then you know it inside out, it's yeah. like automatic. Yeah. Well, when I was on the road with Kim Wilde, we got to this point where we'd get a long, tall glass, we'd fill it halfway up with tequila, mm. and then to the top of the glass, the other half with champagne. Yeah, and we wow. called it rocket fuel, and mm. everyone in the band swigged it down, and then we went out and did the show. My God! Oh yeah, and, and you that, weren't miming or anything. Right? Oh, oh no, is, no, 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 we're, we're we're playing, wow. and and it's like you know you you take one of those, and about two or three sh- you know songs yeah. in, you feel it. <laughs> You yeah. feel it. And you look at the bass player and you go, he's speeding up a little bit. Or is it me speeding up, you know? Oh, there's a lot of people on the stage all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> but you, So over the years, um, I mean, I suppose that's experience. Because when we played in the 80s and you played all the bars and you played all those clubs, it was almost like you have a couple of pints before you go on and a little couple of pints when you come off. But you play very complex music as well. And I, I remember thinking, God, if I was in Yes or I was in Genesis, I just couldn't even have a pint because it's just so complicated. Right, but if right. you're playing funk or you're playing steady rock, you're you're in four four. You're going if, along. If you're four on the floor and yeah. playing real straightforward stuff, that's yes. pretty good. Yeah, I mean it, it's a lot easier. Now this is a little story that I think you might all find quite fun. Here is that we, we knew Trevor, uh, Brian, and I used to like always play pranks, but we always thought um, we're going to do a song with Trevor. Let's meet him in a pub somewhere because he was always in a pub. You always met Trevor in a pub, or you couldn't find him, and he was either in the toilet at the pub. But you find him there, and I, I thought we've got to present this new song to Trev um, and we're going to bring him some sheet music for this particular song we're going to do so we, we prepared this sheet music we wrote it all out as good as we could and we didn't know what the hell we were doing but it looked quite impressive and so we but we so we walked in and we said Trev there's a song we want you to play on and uh, Trev was very very serious and everything and we opened up this th- big book of, of notes and we'd written this thing and Trev I, I didn't know you guys wrote I, d- I didn't know you 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 read so we, we confused him because we had it on the you know written down and Trev being the professional he is, 
he might have thought that the, th the little blobs we were writing on the paper meant something. So we were quite amazed that he started to study it. And we're going like, what? how's he studying this mess we've It's like a spider's written, we've just written over it. And, there was a, and he was going, mm, mm, mm. And we, had, we wrote, a board, we wrote bar, bar things like 6454, 11 four, 11 four, And he's going, oh, this is really, uh. And then in the middle of the page, there was this thing that said, play to the vortex, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> play, uh, play at will. <laughs> 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 do what you like back to the vortex yeah and vortex and I, I distinctly because Tre Trev was just so you know we were trying to be very professional we went like vortex <laughs> we right, go, yeah right, played right. the vortex and it became a thing it beca yeah, 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 for, yeah so yeah. for every time we do a session now I say don't forget the vortex Trev you yeah, know don't yeah, forget yeah. Uh, yeah and there was a lot that said like play at will then there was I think there was a bar that said play with one trouser leg off you know and, <laughs> right right and, yeah, and, yeah, and one yeah. shirt off it was like we just started to do, and after a while trev thought if they really mean this they're as crazy as i really thought but then i learned that when i was studying beethoven there is a vortex there it, is a vortex there is isn't there yes and now tell me what is a vortex a vortex is a space Okay, God, I was I was on it without even knowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. It, I mean, and people think about, you know, it's what you leave out. Yes. Yeah, so if you leave it all out, you have a vortex. So I, I was professional. Oh, I, I was very impressed, actually, that I, you knew about the vortex. Ah, yeah, the vortex, the vortex. You're educated at Radio Owl's Nest. There is a vortex in music. Don't ever forget that. Um, some new music. Let's play some more music. Uh, Trevor's been playing on a brand new track that I'm developing... It's called Masterpiece. It's really in the jazz feel. Um, I went right back to that Gershwin time. It's just me playing pads and doing a guide vocal and doing some bass. And then Trevor uh, added some beautiful, really beautiful jazz drums. So, again, I'm playing you a track that is only 40% uh, developed. But um, let, have a listen to how Trevor is um, making Masterpiece become, hopefully, a masterpiece. She's a masterpiece. She's a masterpiece And I guarantee You've never seen such beauty She's a creme de creme Desired by every man Oh Never seen such beauty. You can have your Mona Lisa, your bound and line, and your tower pizza, but you won't find a picture quite like this in the Paris Gallery. Artist bars, but it will not be Tell you now Vision to behold She's a masterpiece The woman's a masterpiece And I guarantee You've never seen such She's the creme de creme Desired by every man And I do believe I've never seen such perfect symmetry No She'll ride your Songs that artist paints And the poet writes That's what his heart's gonna say She will go straight into your heart Cause she's a masterpiece She's a masterpiece 
I've never seen such beauty No brand new track that I'm working up that's what I call pageisms uh, the lyrics are phonetic and uh, I'm just uh, getting clues and Trevor's doing some great freeform jazz and I can't wait to develop that song so I call them pageisms because it's just me doing uh, vocal sounds and then you pick up certain words and clues uh, so that's a new track that um, I am looking forward to finishing that's Trevor playing some beautiful jazz drums on Masterpiece now back to the outtakes of uh, my conversation with Trevor we uh, continue to bounce off each other like clowns and jesters and make light conversation uh, we haven't quite finished yet what oh. yeah now what does your drum kit uh, consist of what do you play these days I, I play Yamaha I've been a Yamaha drummer for the past 20 years yep. I'm very fortunate to be uh, uh an endorsee of uh, Yamaha. Are you still endorsee now? Oh, yeah. Sounds yeah. like you're married yeah. to them or something. Well, no, no, but they've taken good care of me. I'm yep. one of the Yamaha family. Yeah. And um, I currently live, I use a uh, Maple Custom that is probably 30 years uh, old. You played that on my album. It's right, fantastic. that's right. Yeah. Fantastic. And, but I've just recently um, got one of their new um, uh, Maple... Um, I'll have to get back to you on that. It's the maple... Um, I've lost the word. Drumstick? No, no, it's more than that. It's, <laughs> it's a whole drum kit, actually. Yeah. But, you, but that's what happens to drummers. If you take the past an hour, everything just goes. It's the know? latest flagship. It's a, that's um, all you've got to say. It's a flagship. It's, it's, it's actually a flagship. Yeah. yeah it's a very yeah. special drum... Hey, what happened when drum machines came in, though, and you were a live drummer? How did you feel when drum machines came in? Because I spoke to a lot of drummers around that time, and they were like, that's it, our careers are <coughs> over. I, I noticed they didn't sound very good when you played them with sticks. No, no for crying out loud, Trev. Did you, right. did you actually try that? No, well, yeah, of course. I, I would have. I would have probably I mean, liked it. I'd have probably that, liked it. That first one I went at, man, just fell to pieces. You know, <laughs> mind you, you, I had the same experience with the first violin I tried to play. I just put a hole in the back with the sticks. I'd like to have know. heard that. I'd yeah. like to have heard that. Yeah. you were very experimental. It sounded good for the first five minutes. Yes, then after that, yeah, no, it may just not work. Matchwood. Yeah. So, right, what yeah. would you advise 
uh, drummers. What, what advice would you give to somebody who thinks, I want to be a drummer? Oh, oh, hang on. Going back to the drum machine thing when they came in, yeah. fun, funny story. Uh, the Musicians' Union uh, didn't like the idea of drum machines putting drummers out of work. That's right. And I was a paid-up member of yep. the Musicians' Union. Yep. And so I would get hired for sessions to come in and press start and stop on the drum machine. You're joking. No, because they had to have a drummer present. My God, and they paid you for that? I got paid the full session fee. It's like having a golden finger, but it, I'm bringing it, it down and, now. And the producer would say, he would look at me and say, okay, you can start. So I'd press the start button, the drum machine, and they would record the track, and then he'd look at me and say, you can press stop now. Boom. That, that's the union, isn't it? <laughs> that's the union. And then Trevor's reminded me like that, because when we used to do Top of the... You did Top of the Pops, Yeah, right? well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you, you go into the studio and it's just you're not around any musicians or any creative people these are people in uniforms that are like don't move that there oh don't yeah, move yeah, that. yeah it's like oh yeah. we need the kit gone so you just think all right I'll, no no don't no, touch. no don't, we don't, gotta do that no. we gotta do that yeah, yeah don't touch that kit yes and that's and again you know uh, the story is that you know when when you're doing top of the pops in england and we we i did this with jive records with tight fit I, we did a lot of the music for tight fit and you could you're supposed to have gone back onto this iconic tv show on top of the pops and perform it live which nobody did you know you're not going to get ultravox doing vienna live so everybody used to pretend that they were doing it, it was live. all mine and then but but a man called dr death used to come down to the studio when you were supposed to be under union rules recording the song again and he had to check that that you were doing that it had to be re-recorded for the show yes yeah. and although what you did is you swapped the tapes at the last minute <laughs> That's behind right. Doctor Death's, uh, <laughs> I mean Doctor Death wore a great big black coat, so you you do it when he didn't see, um, and and then record company would take Doctor Death out for for dinner, and it was all but, but you know sort of done very slyly. But once we got away with it a few times, but Doctor Death turned up in not a very good mood. <laughs> and we we could sense that Dr. Death was in a good mood. And it, again, it was Mike Shipley sat there, me and Brian, and we had to pretend we were playing to this track of Tight Fit. Unfortunately, my bass guitar lead that was supposed to be plugged in somewhere just was lying on the floor, <laughs> going nowhere. And Dr. Death came across and I thought, oh, my God, this is it. And he kicked it slightly and went, where's that going? And I went... <laughs> Uh, absolutely nowhere and, and we were banned tight fit were banned for for three months and jive records were banned and wow dr death went out and made a good point of making um an example of us but that's how it was back in england in those days wasn't it trevor it was very union oh yeah 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 and there's no top of the pops at the moment now but um back in those days you it was two worlds coming together wasn't it yeah uh yeah uh, two worlds and two friends coming together that's the outtakes with uh, trevor thornton um it was great to go back and listen to what i didn't put into the first show a lot of fun a lot of giggles and uh, i'll let you hear the two of us um, wrapping up here still having a giggle aren't we we certainly are still drinking the tea yeah, that's right and, that, yeah. and, and let's do it one more time before right. we go let them hear that we're supping on our tea yeah actually my tea's gone a bit cold actually well so we're gonna I have like another it. one aren't we Oh, cheers, no. Trev. Cheers, cheers Martin. Yeah. And thank you, Trevor, for You're dropping in at thank Radio you. Owl's Nest and being my co-host. It's a lovely nest, actually. Thank I like you. what you've done with the place. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, what yeah. do you think about the, 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 the feathers on my on my jumper? Here yeah, I was going to talk to you about that. I look like I, an I owl. Don't I don't know if that works. You'll have to you know, show a picture. <laughs> like, put a picture of what you're wearing online. <laughs> no way. No <laughs> way. Anyway, you know, I hope you enjoyed the show today with uh, Trevor Thornton, my drummer, from all the years back and, and and actually to this very day and both of us are going to say goodbye to you from the owl's nest until we see you again thank you again mr trevor thornton thank you martin it's been a pleasure ah but we can't finish now because there's one more moment we should listen to a classic moment that came from the first interview with trevor and i must finish the show by sharing this with you <laughs> but you are doing lessons, and, you, and so it, it, it could, people that are interested should contact you. It's right? possible, yeah. Okay, good. Um, I haven't, I haven't upset you with that. Right? I, I have a very small opening. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to follow that. I, I heard, I had heard rumours, but I really didn't know how to follow that. We'll, we'll leave that there. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> 